Contrary to popular belief, great salespeople are built, not born. In today's episode, we cover some of the most common mistakes we see businesses make when pitching and some quick tweaks you could make today. Plus, we talk Netflix ads, new YouTube updates, and we analyze the marketing of a new Google Maps competitor. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz podcast, episode 126. My name is Tony and I'm joined by Moby Sadiq. How are you going, Mobs? I'm very well, Tony. But, uh, man, your lip's looking a bit red there, man. Like, yeah. what's happened? You kissed the wrong girl. Uh, no, unfortunately. Uh, worse. Uh, friendly fire in jiu-jitsu. Got need in the uh, face. So. Got, okay, that's a lot better. Now, by the way, I only made that joke because that's a terrible joke. Tony's a happily <laughs> married man because he made it before we started recording. <laughs> so, I couldn't help it. But, no, it's good to see you're well, uh, hel- uh, healthy. Um, yes. Hopefully wealthy. And uh, well on today's episode. So what do we got today, Tony? We're talking uh, news buzz. What do we have first? Ads are coming to Netflix. Uh, I don't I like know. the sound of that. Most. Your sigh is the collective sigh of the entire world right now. It has been announced that uh, it's official on November 3rd. Ads are coming to Netflix US and I think 12 other countries as well, right? So I hope Australia is not one of them. But um, but yeah, but it's, it's one of those things, Tony, like... We talk about this all the time. You can't escape ads. Yeah. Like ads have been around since, you know, 14, 1500s. Ads will always be around. Like it's just a matter of fact. Now, as consumers, you know, and obviously you, you let that sigh that represents the sigh of everyone. We hate that. Oh. But as marketers, it's an opportunity. It's what we've been saying, like connected TVs, ads. It's one of those things where, you know, we need to be mindful of this stuff. Yeah, interesting because like Netflix is saying um, it's going to be expensive ads. It's going The CPM is going to be a lot higher than the average um, CPM that you might see on YouTube and, you know, other platforms for video ads, you know, are roughly the approximately $60 CPM. So, how does that compare, Tony? How does that CPM, so that's cost per thousand impressions. Yeah. How does that compare to like a YouTube? Is it like double? Is it a lot more? Or? Oh, it's probably even sometimes it might go up to three times more just depending on your what quality of traffic you're getting. But, you know, it is on TV as well, Moby. So, like, you know, I guess they're focusing on brand awareness. Usually brand awareness campaigns are a lot cheaper because you're not going to get that many sales or conversions, right, on the TV. Like, I don't know how to make sales on TV, like how to purchase on TVs. But, oh, man, it's a sour taste. So I, I love Netflix, Moby. I really love it, but I hate ads. Imagine we're going to a scene and it's getting intense and an ad comes up. Yeah, yeah, you're watching... Uh we're talking about what's that stranger show? stranger things right the, the thing is about to pop from the other world or other side spoiler spoiler alert yeah but that happens in every season okay. right like from the uh underworld what's the world called the upside down yeah something's about to pop out and all you see you see a bloody ad for mcdonald's happy meal like, come on man but yeah. like the the thing is though i will say there's going to be different tiers most likely there's going to be ad free tier which you pay a little bit more Please. to be fair bro i'll pay that man yeah I already, like, I resisted YouTube premium for a long time and I couldn't stand the ads anymore. So, I actually paid for it. So, I would just pay for it. Um, but, yeah, it's... Now, they do, I they did say that they're going to selectively vet the ads. But the thing is, all the networks started, even YouTube in the start, even, like, Facebook, like, in the start, Snapchat, you had to apply 
and a, ma- a person manually will review the ads, but then the quality after a while sort of just drops. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens with Netflix. So it's just one of those things to be mindful of. But the idea of creating ads for YouTube, for any other digital media are still really important. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, moving on. YouTube handles have arrived. So this is interesting, Mobes, because how many times have you sent me stuff on YouTube Shorts, YouTube, and it's so hard, right? Like you could just easily give me like a username or something, but it could never happen. Unlike Twitter, you know, Facebook, even Instagram, you know, tagging. Hey, you tagging. Could, we mm. could tag on the comments, on the posts. We can find the creators. You can send. Yep, send. So, you know, YouTube hasn't had that for a while and they're starting to catch up now. So that's interesting, uh, you know, to have a look at. It's for the creators, the curators and, you know, all the people out there. But how much do you think this is going to change YouTube? I'm... I'm actually, this news kind of came out, hasn't made a big fuss, but I actually think this is huge, Tony. I think this is one of the biggest factors for YouTube to contribute to their eventual success and what we call the network effect. So you're right, right? So I sent you uh, a reel today. It was uh, a Habib, like Mm. UFC fighter reel. And I had to like send it via text. Damn. Right. Whereas when we're sending each other Instagram stuff, we just send via the the app. We just tag each other. Right. So I had to go outside of the app. And I've been thinking for the longest time, like that's what's holding YouTube back. The idea that you have everyone has a handle where you can just tag and send. You just have channels because it's been a brand specific platform to start with. I think this is freaking huge, man. And it's going to be good for growth for brands, for a uh, personal, you know, uh, brands as well because you know you better start selecting your brand name now or you're going to lose it yeah take it and channels who have a big presence and active you know viewers they're going to get um, selective uh, you know, options and you know, preferences so just um you know moby said told me early on jump on it and get your usernames ready yeah good reminder tony I almost forgot that go in take a handle obviously if you're a big brand like l'oreal they'll just give it to you but uh but yeah you're right take your handles now okay TikTok announces new ad tools. So, you know, TikTok just keeps creating, giving us better stuff every day, more and more. Huh? We just love it. <laughs> but what they're showing is number one is something called Showtimes. So it's, they're helping um, movies, cinemas to, you know, uh, promote and advertise to, you know, people like us to watch video, um, to watch movies and stuff, and we can book online. So I think that's Crazy. helpful. But... I think what they're trying to do with the broader strategy is TikTok is about encouraging purchase behaviors and they're trying to get us to purchase. So I love that because like it's this company, this app that's trying to help us to get more sales. It's helping the advertisers and marketers like us. You, know, you don't really hear that from other platforms. So that's one big takeaway. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, new things. I know you're telling me they already have lead gen forms as well. So if yeah. you used to lead ads, and it's not the scope of today, but if you run lead ads, you have to be very strategic on how you use those lead ads and what you do after you capture them. But you were talking about how they've updated that as well. So you're right, they're continuously updating. And as a side note, and this is something that I just learned recently, as a side note in the article that we, we found, it, it talks about the fact that TikTok is making plans to build product fulfillment centers in the US in pursuit of a closed loop e-commerce strategy. Man, TikTok, like, it's insane, right? Like, you know, you have drop shipping and you have like all these, you know, Shopify, e-commerce, you know, e-commerce has been big on Instagram for a long time. TikTok, they do not do anything half measures. I'm so impressed. They are like, no, no, we're going one step further. We're going to buy fulfillment centers in the US, mm. right? 
TikTok fulfillment centers. So people can do e-commerce ads and have their deliveries sent to us and they can be shipped for, from us. That, like, talk about vertical integration, man. Man, that's amazing. Have you seen any platforms where they support you in your business model? You know, when I had a Shopify store and I was looking for a fulfillment um, you know, company, those third parties, they weren't that good. Mobs, you know, we paid a lot of money for it. wasn't good. FBA, Amazon, your fulfillment by Amazon wasn't that good. We waited for Shopify because they announced that, hey, man, we're going to have, uh, you know, like a fulfillment center. Still waiting. <laughs> Still yeah, 2022. Right. right, okay. But like you say, TikTok is going to support the, uh, you know, the advertisers. That's just fantastic. I yeah, love that. Yeah, and it's not like they're a, a, like a fund or a charity or anything. Like this is smart. Yeah. Like this is, they get more business this way. Own more of the pie for advertisers. Anyway, amazing. Social commerce is booming. What else we got? Well, so back to YouTube, right? Okay. So uh, yes, YouTube has got some new ad options, Tony. Yep. So they've announced um, they've got something called Moment Blast and expanded audio placements. So Moment Blast enables advertisers to better highlight their offer to connected TV viewers. So this is more about brand reach and, you know, for like, let's say the big sports uh, events or big, you know, events happening that you can advertise at the right time, have more of a brand reach. Personally, I don't think it's going to help you with sales on that day, you know, trying to get more sales, but for brand reaching and brand awareness, I think it's fantastic. Like it's going to help, it's going to work. Um, audio ad options. So how many people out there are not watching YouTube, but listening to YouTube, mm, like podcasts, 100%. music? Yeah, yeah, 100%. People are putting their hands up in the office, 100%. You just listen as a podcast, yeah. So, okay, so now they actually have an ad for that as yes. well. So, that's interesting. I, I like to uh, follow that a bit and keep an eye on that because, you know, like I think it will be effective, you know. It might be more of a brand awareness thing, but, you know, you get your message out there. <laughs> Radio ads are back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point, Mose. All right, so really last final one really quickly. So TikTok announces a new partnership with Linktree to facilitate more referral options. So Linktree is one of those kind of like LinkedIn bio things like, you know, with Instagram and with TikTok, you'll often only have a spot for one link. It's one of those tools. So they're integrating with them further. So it's more of a like the, it's not just like a link and it pops up. It's integrated into the TikTok platform. It looks more like TikTok. It looks like you're not walk, walking away. So it feels more integrated. But I, I like this as a quick side note for our listeners. If you ever need like a link in bio type of tool, use Linktree because that's the one that TikTok loves and other platforms are going to copy that as well. So if you need a, like a linking uh, solution, Linktree is probably going to be your best bet. Amazing. I guess if you're, you own multiple businesses or multiple brands, I would help as well, Mooks, Or Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So, for example, on my, and I haven't done this yet, you know, probably because I've been lazy or haven't thought about it, but like on my TikTok, right? Like I get a lot of traffic right now. The link is to the Red Pandas website. So, I've, like, you know, have over 30,000 followers. I get a lot of referral traffic to the website. Does it convert? But to be honest, I don't know. It's more of a branding play for us right now, but I could just have a link a Linktree link, they click on it and then a window pops up and it's like, hey, you know, uh, listen to the podcast. Here's a link. Subscribe to YouTube, visit our website, you know, speak to us about sales and marketing training and coaching for whatever it is, right? So, it just gives you more options or like you say, multiple websites. That's amazing yeah. that they're partnering with them. It's not like, you know, you were saying, you were telling me in Instagram, they're not partnering. It's just like you got to do it yourself. Right? Yeah. See, we talk about this all the time how, uh, and it's okay. Like we want, as consumers, we want this. Like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, they keep stealing and copying TikTok features. 
But one thing that they still haven't learned, right? One thing that TikTok has never been shy of is letting you share on other networks. Like until recently on TikTok on my profile, I used to have my Instagram, like even the Instagram logo, like TikTok doesn't care. Mm. It's like they almost, the brand doesn't have ego. They don't give a shit. They're like, well, a lot of our people uh, can uh, uh, send people to their Instagrams. They can send people to their YouTubes. They don't care. What other network does that? Are you going to have like LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram have logos of other competing platforms that compete for attention and time linking you out to their platform? No. But TikTok does that shit. They don't care because it's not like they want to be friends. They don't give a shit about them. It's about the consumer. It's about shareability. Mm. Like we said, for me to send you a reel, I got to text you that, Tony. Mm. Right? But if we TikTok, it will let you download it. You can download the MP4. They don't care. Yeah. Download it. Put it somewhere else. They'll just put a watermark. You can send via Instagram. You can like so many more options. So it's they got it sorted out, man. It's It's all about the user. And that's it for our news buzz um, this sec um, this week. Our next section feature buzz: How I pitch a hundred thousand dollars deals. Sorry, <laughs> no, you're right. It's okay. A <laughs> hundred thousand dollars deals. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. This is one definitely. I thought I listen to a lot of pitches. I do a lot of sales and marketing coaching for our clients. I listen to calls, and it's a problem that I see a lot. So I want to know how. How do you pitch a $100,000 deal and how should I pitch? So, this is the thing. It's a lot shorter than you think. To okay. give you a reference point, to give you another extreme, in 1953, James Watson and Francis Kirk revealed to the world the double helix DNA, right? Wildly regarded, wildly regarded rather, as the most innovative technological advancement of the 20th century, right? Guess how long that pitch was? 25 minutes? Five minutes. The the supposed secret of life, the double helix DNA that we sort of know, again, the biggest uh, technological or modern advancement in biology takes five minutes to communicate. Five minutes. Yet, so many calls that I listen to for our clients, for our own salespeople as well, those pitches are 40 minutes, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, right? No pitch needs to be longer than 20 minutes, right? Forget five minutes. Let's let's not worry about five minutes for now. Let's at least kind of get <laughs> back to 20 minutes, right? Yeah. And the, the thing about 20 minutes, that's the golden rule because after 20 minutes, the brain starts to forget things it's already been taught. Mm. The brain starts, you start, your, your prospect will start forgetting things you've already told them. And if you think, if, any, if, any, if anyone's listening and they ever think to themselves, if you've ever had this problem where you're pitching, you tell someone something and they ask you that same question again and again. Yeah. That's because of this phenomenon, right? Where you've pitched something and you've, you thought you explained it and you're, you're like, oh, this happened to me. My pitches used to be shocking and really long. And I'm like, is it, am I an idiot? Like, am I not communicating or is the person I'm speaking to have like, uh, like memory loss or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Because I've just explained it, but that's the natural human phenomenon. After 20 minutes, we start forgetting things. The thing also we need to think about is we get so excited and a lot of software, I'm not going to say who, but a lot of software as as, as service companies are terrible at this. Mm. They feature dump, right? They just like, we can do this and this and this and this and this. And this is the thing. It is far better, Tony, to talk about three really great features or three really great things than it is four really good things, four mediocre things. I just put up three fingers. Four mediocre things, two okay things. 
but we don't see it that way because your prospect will judge you on the average of the experience you give them, not the sum. Mm. So if you ever thought to yourself, man, I'm scratching my head. I've just given them gold. I know my competitors don't do this. It's probably because maybe, maybe your competitor went in with three things, two things, really good things, right? Not the sum, some of it's crap, some of it's okay. So that's essentially the first thing to keep in mind for sure. That's interesting. That explains half of my problems in middle school when I used to yeah, be considered <laughs> a lost so my next question, uh, Mobig, is uh, what are you know some quick ways to improve the pitch? You know, for our viewers and you know, for myself, you know, what can we do right now to get some instant results and improve the problem? So one thing that comes to mind is probably my favorite sales book, and it's called Pitch Anything. And in that book, Aaron Clough speaks about the fact of owning the frame, frame control. The idea of owning a frame is when two people, two parties come into contact with each other, someone always becomes the alpha. Now, it's not about dominating. It's not about us trying to dominate someone. It's about being the authority because only when you're the authority are people going to see you as a trusted advisor, trust you, like you, and likely purchase from you. So you have to own the frame. So how do you do that, right? Some quick things is you get straight to it. No small talk, right? Tony, like, and I used to be the biggest culprit of this because I want to have rapport and we think, oh, we need to build rapport so we ask them how their day is. You think they really think you give a shit about how their day is? That's true. Like, do do they really think you care about how their day is? You've never met them before, right? So you're going to do a couple of things. Either they're going, yeah, yeah, you get the generic answer or they'll actually tell you how their day is and you've burnt five minutes into your pitch talking about rubbish. Mm. Right, so no small small talk. It's not about being rude. Like I said this to my wife, and she's like, "Oh, like you know, like because I said don't even thank them for their time." And she's like, "Maybe that's you know, you're being a bit of a dick." I go, "No, no, it's not about that. It's not about not being polite. We be polite. It's like, hey, Tony, I'm so glad to meet you. I'm so excited. Let's get straight into it. Today we're going to talk about bang, bang, bang. We get straight into it. We own the frame, right?" Now, um, you can obviously ask for their feedback. We're going to get into bang, bang, bang. Is there anything else you want to cover before we get into it? So then you know direct, mm. and then you get straight into it. So I'd say no small, small talk, own and control the frame. Uh, don't let them take you off your path. If they do something like, oh, you know, that's all great, Tony, but I really want to know the price and what you're going to offer me. Control the frame. So you can say things like, Tony, that I hear you and let's get to that, but not yet. Mm. I need to take you through a couple of things first. So, and then you just get into it. You don't wait for their permissions. Like, that's a really good question. We'll get to it. Not yet. The first thing that is more important to talk about is ABC, blah, blah, blah. Because I need to see whether we can work with each other, whether we trust each other. Hmm. That's what we're here to talk about. Those details we can get to. Anyway, as I was saying, boom, 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 boom. That's and amazing. things you just ignore. So, control the frame. That's um, very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. For our viewers to... Um, second... Oh, sorry. The third thing is... Um, like, what about the things you do before and after a pitch? Do you like, you know, prepare? Like, what, what's your process? So, um, we've got a client right now that actually works in the software as a service business. And I was listening to uh, some of her calls. And she's so good at building rapport. Really, really friendly person. But, you know, she's saying to me, like, Moby, like, my pitches are really long. I'm doing demos with everyone. They're like 50 minutes an hour. And the more successful that we get, the more time I'm going to have to spend. And I don't think I need to be doing like she knows something's not right right so i'm like okay what can you send to the prospect before the pitch so a couple of ideas now this some of these ideas may apply you know pick and choose whatever you want but in this case what i said look send them a questionnaire 
Because we just spoke about, right, talking about three good features, four mediocre ones, whatever, feature dumping is not a good idea. Or even like service dumping, you know, that's not a good idea. If you send them a questionnaire, a very short questionnaire, 10 questions like a Google form survey type of questionnaire, and you ask them what things are important, guess what? They're the things you're going to focus on. So that's how you're going to keep your intro to five minutes about them for five minutes. I'm just giving you examples yeah, here. Yeah. Your pitch for 10, 15 minutes and then 10 minutes for Q&A. You know what I mean? Like, on, and honestly, like that is kind of going long. You could still keep all of that within half an hour. So doing that, in a way, that's kind of assignment selling, right? You're giving them an assignment to do. You're giving them something to do before the fact, right? After a pitch, if you and I are talking about something and I feel like there was like a concern or there was questions you had about something or whatever, guess what? I'm going to give you an assignment. I'm going to, that's what assignment selling is. I'm going to give you something to look at. I might be like, Tony, you discussed, you know, you had some concerns around um, our pricing, you know, or you had some concerns about your budget. I wanted to share this guide with you, da, da, da. Mm. So a big part of this is videos as well. You know, because we rely on our prospect to communicate back to the buying circle the way we pitch to them. They're not going to do that. So anything you can give them, if you can give them a video, if you can, you know, give them something, anything that they can actually use, that's always going to help. Oh, interesting. Okay, so with um, so we're pitching like 100k, like um, control the frame. That's very important. You were saying. And the assignment selling. Yeah, that, that's like two points that um, you know, like I've learned today because I, I don't actually pitch anything. So, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll, the final note I'll make on that, one because one thing I did forget, it's the line of questioning and trying to be more succinct. The thing is, you just got to be mindful of those frameworks that everyone's heard, like GPCT, Goals, Plans, Challenges, Timeline, BANT, right? All these different frameworks that people follow. Like, oh, so who do you need to discuss to get a decision? Like, after a while, man, people have heard it, right? So if it feels like a pitch. So getting more succinct with your questions. Like one, one que my favorite question that is not used and people can just steal and use this is the what needs to be true, right? Mm. So for example, I might get to the end of a pitch. Sometimes I use, use this as the start, right? I just want to know what needs to be true. So I might say, Tony, what needs to be true for this to be reality for your business? Or what needs to be true for you to sign on the dotted line? Rather than saying, what's your buying decision? Uh, what do you feel about the price? Like, who do you need to share this with? I've like cut out two, three questions with the what needs to be true. So it's a, it's a very good line. It's a line I stole from AJ Lafley from his book, Playing to Win. And, you know, add that to your repertoire. Is that a part of uh, controlling the frame maybe? Or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fine. Yeah. yeah, it is. Absolutely. I had, I had a call today where it went on for ages and ages and I'm like, right, I need to get to the point now, right? Like mm. I need to get them to like the pointy end to see whether it's a waste of time, whether it's a good fit for us. So absolutely. It's one of those ways where I've used it in the start of a call to get straight into, okay, what are they actually, rather than saying, what are your goals and plans and challenges? What needs to be true? Often I'll get that. And I've used it at the end as well to sort of be like, all right, guys, cool. You know, the frame, I'm losing the frame. All right, that's all interesting and important, but tell me what needs to be true for this for us to make a deal today. Yeah, I or love that. A, yeah, a week, whatever. I love that stuff. And I, I like the point like you told me, don't say thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, no, well, you don't thank them for their time. Yeah. Right? And I, I, I know what it sounds like because the first time I heard this stuff, I'm like, 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 I'm not an asshole, right? I'm a really <laughs> nice guy, but don't see it that way. You can even be more polite by not thanking them for their time because a lot of this is subconscious. You're telling them that their time is more important than yours. And also that you are denying the fact that you're here to solve a problem. You're here to actually help them. Like, 
it is, and this is not about being rude or an asshole, right? There's no egos here. It's about acknowledging that their time is important as much as your time. They have a problem, you have a solution. So some of it's sort of psychological for us as wow. the pitchers. So yeah, like you're framing, you're the expert. So you're helping. Absolutely. You, oh, that's your, your time is valuable. It mm. is. You're an expert. You're trying to solve something, right? There's an opportunity cost for being on that call for you. It means you're not doing other work. It means you're not spending time with the team. It means you're not solving other problems. So it's something that I advise our clients when I do sales coaching and sales training that just to reframe how you're walking in and showing up to a call. Yeah, interesting. Man, wow, this session was amazing. Like a feature buzz, how I pitch 100K deals. Man, thanks for the insight, Mobes. Like I've learned something new today. Um, that wraps it up. And our next section, can we fix it? Moby and Tony, can they fix it? Moby and Tony, yes, they can. All right, amazing, amazing. So, so what yeah. we are talking, today's an interesting one, right? Today's Hot. definitely a different one. Now, to, I wanted to focus on uh, a brand that we don't normally do, right? Because Ecom brands, business to business, lead generation, quite easy, right? So for those of you who don't know me, I'm also an advisor for a, a crypto project, a de decentralized finance project called Mojave DeFi. So um, Ecom, sorry, not Ecom, Web3, blockchain, it's an industry that I've been involved in for a couple of years and I find really interesting. So I got to thinking, right? I saw this really interesting project and I'm sharing my screen. Um, so if, again, if you want to see our beautiful mugs, you can go to redpandas.com.au forward slash EP126. We can watch the video version and any additional resources we share. But anyway, on that, on the screen share right now, I'm sharing a brand called HiveMapper. So let me quickly explain what HiveMapper is. You know, like Google Maps, Tony? Yeah, You know, everyone like uses it, yeah. You jump in Google Maps and you see those, you know, stupid cars driving around, they capture footage, whatever. Google Maps earns Google about $4 billion per year. 1.5 billion of that is from the APIs. So they will give that API to Waze or to other mapping software or whatever, right? So they make money. HiveMapper is a business that has seen the opportunity. They're well-backed, they're backed by VCs. It's a very interesting business, right? You can look at it for other reasons, apart from the marketing stuff we're talking about today. I'm not affiliated with them, but um, they it's essentially decentralized Google Maps. They have these dash cams. They look like little dash cams you put in your car. And what you're doing, you're driving around. They're 4K dash cams. They're capturing the environment, right? And they are actually, it's almost like a Google Maps, mm -hmm. right? So what it actually does, if you're driving, what's in it for you? Well, you're securing the network. So you get paid in honey tokens. They're called honey. Hive mapper. What are honey tokens? It's a crypto. It's like okay. a crypto, right? So you get paid in honey tokens. It's like a Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever. And um, that's how it works. Now, their points of difference are many. So where Google Maps might go around your area, you know, if you're not in a very populated area, it might never come back, right? Imagine like being able to be immersive in a place. You see the location. Like it could be, you know, uh, you might have cherry blossoms in the area. It could be like the beautiful Chinese gardens, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is, anywhere you can sort of drive around and you can be immersive in that 4K footage. Like the possibilities are endless, right? Particularly for the people they're going to sell their API to. So anyway, you can tell I love the brand. Like it's a very, very interesting brand. But the point is, can we fix it? Like what digital marketing, story brand, they ask us, what would we apply? Now, a brand like this, I thought this was an interesting one. Even though a lot of our listeners aren't from this industry, it's one of those businesses where you have to build the demand. 
Like we have a couple of clients like this, like Mornington Green. They, you know, we've spoken about them in the past. It's a disruptor product. It's you can convert your ashes into a tree and whatever. People aren't necessarily searching for that, mm. right? You're a disruptor product. You're you're trying to disrupt the industry. It's something that hasn't been around. So what do you do? You got to create demand. Now, when I look at a brand like this, there's three sides of the market. There's people mapping. People are going to have the dash cams in their cars. There's consumers, right? Mm. It might be people who like us, like we use Google Maps, right? And there's the API customers, the big businesses. Now, that is, we're not going to talk about that today because I would argue you need to build the network effect first. You need mm. to build the network first and then you can sell it to you know the people that need to, to buy it. But essentially, like what would you do? Now, the first group that I would look at is the, con- the consumers of the maps. So building the network, people like mm. me and you, how do we actually build the demand? We speak a lot about TikTok. Do you remember watching those travel shows Sydney Weekender and all those travel shows, whatever. Well, imagine on a TikTok account, you had a virtual travel show mm. where people do this Google Maps, by the way, as well. But like with Map, their value prop, it's 4K, it's more immersive. So, you know, I could be on the TikTok account and I'm like, you know, in today's experience, we're, we're talking about our one of, well, it's my favorite Chinese restaurant, 1915 Langzhou, right? We're going to be exploring Chinatown and Lang, it's not there, but Chinatown <laughs> and Langzhou, right? Yeah. We're going to be exploring it. So the episode starts, it goes into Hive Mapper, you see the immersive experience, and then it could cut to like a vlogger or a foodie actually reviewing. Oh, interesting. So do you know what I mean? It's kind of like a virtual travel show. Where it, and it doesn't have to all be with the hive map of footage. It could be, you know, actual footage as well, video footage as well. But the point is you are creating content. You are owning the conversation and you're showing people like deployments of how to use it. Yeah. So just like using um, using influencers and leveraging off their hard work and their followers to grow the, the business. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but yeah, TikTok. Uh, but I mean, also like... Create a marketplace, right? I yeah. mean, they could use that as well. So, yeah, like yeah. TikTok, the influencers and stuff, we can get onto that. And like you say, why not leverage off their followers and grow that? So for anyone who hasn't heard of the TikTok create a marketplace, this is one of those features that TikTok's just made easy for brands. How does that work? Like, how do you think Hypermapper could use that? I think what they can do is, you know, like, you know, looking for influencers can be hard, but if you go to the content creator market, like on TikTok, they've got everything there, the viewers, the quality, you know, how effective they are. The interest groups. Yeah, the interest groups. And you can just target them. Like you were saying, uh, food vloggers, uh, travel vloggers, you can target those people, target different you know, markets and be strategic about it. I think that's a, a good example of uh, using that section it's one of those things like i know they're doing a limited deployment in key areas now you could find people in those areas mm. food blo- like you know food vloggers travel vloggers and whatever and offer them fifty dollars a hundred dollars a post like it's or yeah. even do it for free right because some of them want view, you know followers and stuff like they want to grow it like and get uh tokens so yeah yeah i mean yeah good point i didn't think about that the brand itself could actually say hey we want to use you like up and comers but if someone already has an audience you could find them in the creative marketplace mm. and offer them some money to do a vlog style that uses hive map of footage before they start their vlog yeah you know, I, I think it's great and the, the thing about this too like because you think about the different sides of the market with something like TikTok, i would target the mappers so the people actually, you know, using the the maps and also the consumers. 
So it's one of those things like this is a very mainstream product like crypto is very mainstream. So it's like, hey, I made money like I put I'm an Uber driver and I put the Hive Mapper dash cam in my car and I made, you know, $500 last month or whatever. So tips and tricks on how normal everyday average Joes are using Hive Mapper to make residual income, but also for the network effect as well. So I think I think TikTok. Yeah, like. If you know, Uber drivers want to earn an extra dollar delivering, they can earn extra tokens and stuff and yeah, do that sort of stuff. So how do you learn that stuff? You must have to go somewhere, Mobes, like maybe a resource center or something like that. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I think the resource center is important. Um, and before we get to that, like speaking of the Uber drivers, like you say, like that now let's talk about the mappers, right? We always talk about with disruptor products who has access to our audience before us. Mm. So there's a site online called uberpeople.net and it's kind of like a forum i've like you know i've <laughs> i've never done uber before though my friends love to joke about how i'm an uber driver because uh, i did too. it on my comedy set me right? too <laughs> but uh but anyway but you know there's places where it's like okay i don't know where to find the best petrol or like tips and resources like how do you deal with customers or some mm. signage whatever right there's places there's on digital watering holes where uber drivers already go to so a site like uberpeople.net i would hold events there yeah. you can run ads there it's a great freaking start you know um i think community management is really important like with anything like this like a strong discord group a telegram group a place where the mappers can support each other share tips but back to what you were saying and we'll end it on this because we, we're going over time but the website mm. right the website so back to our screen here you can see here they've got uh, the website, they've got this beautiful dash cam, start mapping, explorer, use the map, how it works. So like you were saying, like a resource hub for mappers, right? Similar to how this uberpeople.net works is videos on how it works. Like mm. really dumbing it down. We overestimate how uh, complicated or how, how not complicated things can be, right? So how it works, how to get started. Even things like, how you know, you asked me, and I know you know what it is, but like, 95 90% of people will be like what's a honey token mm. how do i actually convert honey token to money have a resource hub for that yeah. so they've got how it works here they've got blog i would convert that to like resource hub um what else would i do here i'd have a knowledge base under the resource hub as well commonly asked questions if someone is asking your team or in the forum or in discord a question more than once or twice have a knowledge base article on it uh i would also have a a service chatbot Right, mm. so you can have an automated chatbot that is linked to the knowledge base, and HubSpot has this software, right? Mm. Where you could be like, you could start your chat, and it's like, oh, it sounds like you're looking for uh, replacement wires or something, right? Mm. Here's an article on that, so I definitely would look at that. And um, what else? I'd have Fleet at the top because Fleet is very important. I'd have a Fleet link up the top, if not in the top nav. I'd have Start Mapping, and I'd probably combine some of these things to be honest. Start mapping and buy map can be combined. Start mapping and sorry, st- yeah, and how it works could probably go in the resource center. So like it's it's fine. There's nothing. Um, I would definitely clean it up a little bit. I'd put a lot more on the resource hub, mm. and um, also yeah. I think I'll um create a lot more content. Um, uh, like not not just on the website, but even like on the social media, like YouTube and stuff to, like produce more content so people know more about it. You yeah, know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely bottom of funnel stuff like hive mapper experiences, hive mapper reviews. Hive mapper versus something like big five content, mm. but then like other content as well. Mm. Like, 
you know, content that's going to appeal to Uber drivers or delivery yeah. drivers as well. Yeah, spot on. Uh, c- content's going to be king here. Uh, but that's all the time we have for today. Tony, any final thoughts no. before we wrap it up? Man, that was very insightful today. Huh? I enjoyed that. bit longer. hope you guys got value out of that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll join you again next time for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.